Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. If you are a new listener, thank you so much for stopping by. Don't forget to subscribe and you get to watch the video component with me every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern on my YouTube for a live premiere. It is a ton of fun. Join the party. If you don't get to watch it live, you can always go back. Make sure you also subscribe to my YouTube so you know when new content is landing there for you. I have a guest today. I have a friend that I've been wanting to share with you. She's a great friend of mine. I met her, of course, in the industry. We have continued our friendship. When I first moved to New York City, my very first Christmas here, her and her mom came to spend time with me on Christmas Day, which was so amazing. We had dinner, we had wine. She is one of my closest people. And so today we get to sit and chat. But before that, it is football season. And it's very exciting. Uh, It is amazing to have an excuse to sit and watch television for the entire day on Sunday, for every Thursday night, for Monday nights. My betting picks up Avada, all of the goodness that I got going my live Sunday morning, helping you set your lineup like it's just a really fun time. I love the cycle of knowing fall is coming and football season really triggers all of that. So here we are and obsessing over fantasy football lineups. It's just, it's a great escape. And I really, really enjoy it. Just like I enjoy this escape, just getting to share my life, my friends, my experiences and my stories with all of you. So I can't make you wait any longer because she is one of my favorite people and she is going to be joining us right here. That is my good friend, who you can follow on Instagram at Grateful Red Tour. That's right. Jaden Cole is in the house. Here we go. A conversation with a friend that I'm sharing with you that I have to tell you, this is the second time we've had this conversation because the first time. The not so always computer savvy me clicked out of something and we only got audio. And for all of the guests I've had so far, there are no greater loss not having video of you, my friend, Jaden Cole. Hello. Hello. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you too. And I appreciate you. Like, it was like the worst time it could happen is with like your greatest friend. But then I'm like, it's better than me having to go back through like some book PR person for an author that I interviewed that like I made a huge mistake. So I knew you would be uh, great about it. And I knew we'd have a ton of new stuff to catch up on. That audio will still go out. Don't worry, because it's so heartwarming. I want to save it for Thanksgiving week and really have that go out as my audio because Thanksgiving week, that Friday, I will not be doing my YouTube live. I'm taking a couple days off. I'm going to take like a week off, go stay with Shaq Tina, hang out with my people and just chill. So we've got to do that because we're working so much as digital nomads, being able to be wherever we are. Sometimes it's a it's kind of a curse because you feel like, oh, I have internet. I should be working. Right. You feel pressure all the time from everywhere that you are, no matter what. You're like, why wouldn't I be contrib- being productive while making this? You like want to pay for your vacation. We're like, well, let me just, you know, pay some bills here real quick. And then we can, you know, get onto the vacation. But it's really <laughs> rare for you, especially during football season. I'm shocked to see you taking any time away during the season. I'm pretty, you know what? I started this five years ago where that Friday I actually took off every year. And it's pretty easy because a lot of the shows that I do on Fantasy Football Fridays are also off for Thanksgiving Friday. So I made it a thing. And I'm like, if I just make it a thing, then it'll stick, right? That's all I'm hoping for. It'll stick. So one of the things on vacation that we always do is check our profiles because there's always that panic that one of our profiles could have been attacked, harassed, 
deleted. And this is something, Jaden, that you have gone through so many times. Yeah. For whatever reason, I was a target. And, you know, I'm not really a target in other aspects of adult performers. I don't get over overwhelmed with dick pics flowing to my inbox as much doing just lesbian stuff. So I've made it. I'm really proud of my Instagram, Grateful Red Tour. It has lasted over a year. And I just want to say thank you to I the can't Instagram gods. <laughs> I was just I one of those. Over a year. 2019, it was like I had all these, it was a really rough year in my personal life. And it was like one hit after the next. I couldn't keep an Instagram account for two months. There was that big Omid campaign, the guy who was coming after all the adult performers and then tweeting about like, you need to go live a better life. And it was in broken English. So you knew he was like South Asian. A feverish masturbator from another country that couldn't pull (laughs) off the internet that now resented us because he had no fucking social life because he couldn't stop jerking off that guy. (laughs) Yeah, we get a lot of that resentment. Okay, that guy. One of the things I recently learned about our imposters, so, you know, I do this thing called Takedown Tuesdays where we try to get as many, usually a dozen profiles removed by mass reporting at the same time. So the tweets are all set up to go out between 10 and noon. You know, all about the Hootsuite life, Jaden Cole. You know, all about the Hootsuite life. And what I've learned is why. Now, we know they're scamming some of our fans into having interactions with us, setting up buy me an Apple iTunes gift card. They take the iTunes gift card so that they can have more apps, so that they can have more burner phones, so they can scam more people. One. Two, they use the fake profiles to set up fake profiles on OnlyFans. Because guess what? How do you log in? You log in through your Twitter, you log in through your social media. So a fake account builds a profile on OnlyFans. So now I've realized on every platform we're on, including YouTube, you have to be constantly hunting down, hunting down these imposters. 100%. I actually came across, and I like to like what you just did earlier today. I know this will go out on a different date, but the way you blast certain people's email when they hit you up, like some with something just crazy and out of line. I had an imposter recently. Well, I could tell it was an imposter because I got an email to my regular email account. That's open my business account. That's on Instagram that you can email me from on my Instagram page. I got an email from someone saying, you need to stop stealing my pictures and using them, please. This needs to stop enough. I even quit because of you stop. And then I just blasted their email. I'm like, I can always tell when Twitter is doing the right thing and taking down an imposter account when I get emails like this. And I even blocked out my email as if you couldn't just get that business email on Instagram. I have someone who screens my emails, but she always screenshots and sends me the good stuff like this. How do you want to respond to this? Right. I usually just say, if it's crazy, just the standard, let them know to get in touch with me. It's at Jaden fans. But this one, I was like, she's like, you are going to die. <laughs> Look at this. And she's like, I was like, oh, I got to post this and let people know that this is what happens when our Twitter actually takes down imposter accounts. We get angry emails to ourselves as if we oh, yeah. are not ourselves. Yeah. You resent me because you can't scam my fans into giving you money to fake meet me. Okay. This makes a ton of fucking sense. Okay. Wouldn't it be easier to get a job? I mean, just get a fucking job, but no, that isn't the option that they rock with. Now, you know, me personally, you know, me, we met through work. Of course we met, met through the industry, but became really good friends. So, you know, 
all the sides of me that some people maybe don't know. And my closest friends know how absolutely fucking petty I am, right? Not unnecessarily petty, but when it is time to land. And what I say is, remember when I was the HOA president, when I lived in Studio City, I always say, I'm running for mayor in Pettyville and I'm blasting this motherfucker because I always notice that the people that say the most obnoxious shit, and it started last week with a post that I talk about on Dudes Do Better This Week. And what I've realized is if you post something, what's awesomely interesting about the thread is you get to know who your actual people are that have common sense. And then you get those people that are like, well, what do you expect because of what you did for a living? What do you expect because your life's... And really, I want to write back to all of them. Call me when your daughter does porn and let me know how you feel about it, okay? Because your bad fucking attitude is going to push her right there. But I don't. But their profiles are always private and they always have like family photos in their Abbey. And I'm like... What? You're blasting <laughs> some chick on your fault. First of all, you're following a girl because you watch her porn. Then you're blasting with shit from your pro, your actual real profile. So last night I screen grabbed a guy. Now I have a rule. I won't leave the pollution on my timeline for more than like two hours. I actually set a timer in my phone because I just feel the bad juju and I want to just share it quickly and then be done with it. It's like a conversation we're having and not letting it go. But I think it's time to really take consideration into all of the other younger people getting into the industry. They're very used to social media and they're very used to the negative as well as the positive. When I interview younger people, they're like, oh, I kind of knew that this came with it. But let's just say a girl or a guy, 23, 24 years old, wants to get out of the business and starts this new life. The constant negative energy without a proper support group could be so toxic. And so that's why I'm really trying to start this conversation. Absolutely. You know, you become, we become the, uh, customer service reps for the entire adult industry as if we handed your third grader, the iPad without checking, like making sure that she was looking at porn. Like this is nothing to do with us. They blame us for everything as if there's not an entire team of people for every one girl. There's a team of people creating and manipulating and just marketing. And so it's it's just funny how we really do become the ones who catch all the shit. And that's why I kind of liked the industry, the experience of shooting, typically not always. But for the most part, I felt like we all kind of had each other's backs. Like we know yeah, they cater to us in a certain way because we are going to get all of the fallout. And what's funny is you and I both enjoyed such a great life on the road as feature dancers. You're getting ready to go back to two of your favorite clubs in October, Sapphire, the 22nd of October. The following weekend, you'll be out in Long Island at our favorite club, Gossip. And what I found is that you never have that interaction in person. These are all keyboard warriors. 100%. 100%. I never have that. In sp- I never have a fucking confrontation at a feature dance gig. <laughs> like you're not, I don't know, maybe it's the security guards everywhere around us. But like, and, and also, I think maybe the fact that they have to pay like 25 bucks to get in could weed out some of these total creepers. I would have interactions like last time I was at Gossip. And I just found these when I was cleaning out a drawer. So there was this guy that brought in this big manila envelope. And when you can ask them about it at Gossip because I made them take photos of this guy and put him in the lobby. Um, 
he had given, he pulled out like 20 photos, large photos, 12, eight by 12, so those big ones, black and white. And they were all creeper shots of me at different airports all over the US. And he said, yeah, I traveled behind you for about 10 months and I was on every, so it'd be like me at baggage can't claim, like, uh, by the way, never wearing flip-flops to the airport again. Um, I remember just being so ashamed of my attire when I saw the photos. But by the way, not only did this motherfucker not get to keep the photos, I have the photos because I was like, this is kind of funny now, but I'm not going to sign them. I said to him, let me ask you. So you took a six month vacation, flew all around to just take creeper photos. It's like me waiting for my ride, texting outside the airport, me having something to eat, stuffing my face. It was fucking bizarre. I freaked out. I was like, everybody needs to know who this kid is and you need to never let him in this club again. Okay. This motherfucker should be in jail. I remember, I think, I think you and Brian at Gossip had texted me a few pictures of this and I was like, yes, first of all, you should be in jail. First of all, second of all, um, what kind of trust fund baby just has six months to go fly around the country to follow his favorite porn star? Like this is the, this is, I try to give trust fund babies a chance, but when people like this come out of the woodwork, they just prove me right that these are horrible people. I mean, that is so wrong. And this is the other thing is that they think that this whole concept of like, oh, you had it coming, you asked for it. Nobody asks for harassment or abuse or like of this nature or stalking or this type of psychological warfare. Like nobody it's psychological asks for warfare. That. Nobody. Legal. Nobody. We do illegal contracted work here. We don't deserve, we're, we're not asking for harassment. People have no. to use their common sense. I, I, and you know, when I, I, I try to say now, like you should be watching all of this stuff responsibly. And when I say responsibly, I mean, if you're capping at 10 hours a week, that is irresponsible viewing and it is going to just torment your mind. But we loved being out on the road. It was such a different kind of, I know you, we, we both love to travel, but now life changes and you want to be selective and go back to clubs that you love and enjoy the experience. How many times do you think you'll be out on the road moving forward? Oh, I don't know. I think I'll hit up a few of my other favorites and probably I'm looking, my goal is probably about five per year, one every two months or so. I know that October is also my birthday's October 9th. My initial booking for Sapphire was Friday or um, I think Saturday, October 9th, my birthday. And I go, you know, it's my birthday weekend. I'd really, I already have plans the day before, like, let's see if we can switch it. And they did. And I never would have like thought to ask for my birthday off before COVID. But now I've grown my online presence where it may, I, the priority is me needing to be home creating content, you know, so I'm happy to have those gigs. You know, you get what you ask for. You just have to ask. And so I'm in a position you just have where to I ask. can do that. And I love what you just said there, because this is something you learn from being home. You're also valuing your time. I think we're valuing our friendships more and your birthday happens once a year. And if you're only going to work five weekends a year on the road, is that the weekend you want to be working? Like, and I'm glad that you asked and now you can kick back and enjoy your birthday, set up your content to preload out there and just do you. Exactly. And you can take people along. You can focus more on creating content on the road when they're fewer and far between. Otherwise yep. you're exhausted. You're just, you know, <laughs> you just traveled. You woke up at three o'clock in the morning to get the 6am flight from LAX or whatever it was. And now it's just a lot more easier. And I feel like I'm in the driver's seat. 
My rule of thumb was always to stay up all night before the 6 a.m. flight so that I would sleep the whole flight. And so I would like, and it's funny, I, I still have this weird thing. Like when I'm traveling, I do the early flight always, even from New York, I do the 6 a.m. out west because I'm there by like 9.30. And I find myself doing all of my chores, cleaning my place. And by the time I get to the airport, I'm so tired that like nothing bothers me. I'm at that yeah. point of tired where it's like, this is, this is, everyone is so annoying and I'm too tired to even have an emotion to give to them. <laughs> the the zombie walk in the airport is my favorite. And it's one of the reasons I love first first thing in the morning flights at 6 a.m. because nobody is awake enough to be an asshole as much. So right. it's just, yes. kinda, I just kind of like they can't be drunk yet unless they were out all night in Vegas, which I'm sure you see more. What is it like flying always out of Vegas airport? Because it is a it, it, I've never seen a sadder airport where people have either lost money, they're hungover, they've broken up with somebody. Like there's a lot of tragedy that I see landing, and as they're kicking their bag through security because they can't even have the gumption to pick it up. Oh my god, it's really crazy. I actually, I actually was with this. Uh, yeah, you see some real trash. I've seen the trashiest <laughs> things ever at the Vegas airport. It is more convenient by size wise. You know, it's a lot smaller yeah. than LAX. It's not sure. the traffic, the foot traffic that you get is not incomparable. But I remember I was hanging out with a girl. So this is our routine on the road. We stay up all night till we go to the airport, right? I had a yep, girl, always. she's younger. She's, you know, just kind of doing this every so often. The feature dance thing. She was featuring at Sapphire right before the pandemic. And I went to hang out with her and then we hung out all night. And then a couple hours after the club, she was like, should I try to sleep for a few hours? I have to get up in like two hours. I go, no, let's drink Bloody Mary's at the bar. Let's go. I'll take you to the airport. It'll be no big deal, right? This bitch doesn't know what she's doing. She's like way too, you know, it's my fault, Lisa, for sitting at the kid's table for too long. But I take her to the airport. She can't walk. It's eight o'clock in the morning. She's stumbling through. I literally go like this. I go, hey, grab onto my arm. And I take her bags. And I put them up on the Southwest thing. She just can't. She's like, I can't see. She's wobbling all over the place. And I put her bags up on the, to check them in. And the Southwest agent is like, where are you going? I go, oh, uh, she's going to Denver. And the flight attend the flight agent goes, no, she's not. You need to, like, here's a ticket for 24 hours. You need to sober up. I was like, okay, thank you very much. It was just like, I, whoa. <laughs> You know what? I bet you the gate agents at Las Vegas airport are more trained to detect that than at any other airport in the world, because you can actually stay out late there and go, here's 100. the thing. You, my friend, Jade and Cole are how tall? How five tall 10. are you? I'm almost 5'11". Yeah. So when you're with, was she tiny and short like me? Oh no. She was as tall as me. She was a, t she was a tower waving in the wind. She was, <laughs> she was, she was a Sears tower on a windy day. She was like a wobbly. I mean, it was a okay. mess. She, we, you notice her and me like taller girls when they're walking through the airport and she's just like, yeah, can't even hold herself up. I mean, that's like a stumbling giraffe through the airport. Again, I was like, you know, my fault for sitting at the kids. And you were, at, and, and you were fine and you were fine. Right. We I was like, I got these, this these... girl. I don't, this is what we do. We I stay got up this. To get to the, yeah, no, especially I, after. 
I just feel like anytime I tried to sleep that I actually clock watched the whole time. So I would wake up like every 20 minutes in like this weird anxiety ridden panic. Look at my clock, look at my alarm, do the math. How many, how many hours do I have? Am I right? Look at my ticket. And like, once you do that a couple of times, it just sucks. And you're like, you know what? I'll just organize all my stuff, pack really nicely, clean my makeup brushes. Like I used to do all these kind of crafts at night just to stay up, but I'd rather just get to the airport. And then once I'm plopped there, whether it's in a lounge or at a gate, at least I know I'm the closest to potentially being home. A hundred percent. You and I, same experience, same experience. Every time I tried to sleep, it was like, this is ridiculous. Like, just do something. It's stressful, yeah. right? Yes. I'm not great with really early morning things and sleep because you do continue to check and look and check and look. So you went from being on the road about 25 weekends a year. Now mm. you've readjusted your lifestyle and become quite an entrepreneur during the pandemic. I mean, before the pandemic, you were as well, but I saw you really start to create and branch out. One of the things I love is that you've really got into merch and I want to know how you feel about it because there's a, there's a sense of joy in packing and shipping a product that you're selling. 100%. I was so excited to find an artist, start it going about six months ago. And it's been going really well over the summer. I kind of had a summery look to my merch. It was brighter colors. I already have an artist. I just put in my order for my fall and winter kind of look. It's poison. It's me dressed as poison ivy. It's a piece, piece of art. So I'll see how that goes. I'm really excited to bring it to my gigs and be like, hey, guys, not only was it my birthday, but I got new merch for you. So let's get this party started. Like I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to rock. Uh, heads up. If you're worried about your merch at Sapphire or anything, you know, you can ship it to me here. I'll hold it for you. And, and our mutual friend, Justin will bring it to you. Absolutely. Firefighter Justin. Cause you know, sometimes I would ship stuff to the clubs. First of all, they always opened the box and I would write all over the box Hold for Lisa and not open the box. Hold anytime I had flashlights sent, they were always a couple missing, right? So I would always be like, okay, where's the box? Oh, the box was a weed, always in the box. Like I called you 10 times. I sent a fax. I sent an email because you know all the clubs always still had fax machines. So I'd leave them notes via fax. And it would still be open. So if you don't want to worry about your merch, I got you. What the fuck? How disrespectful. It's like some of them act like they don't even know how to text. You're like, uh, it's 2019. I don't think it's that out of line to ask you to text. Did you miss being on the road or did you find yourself during the pandemic realizing that maybe you missed being home and you started to really gravitate towards more balance? Pretty much. I think that it was definitely time. The last couple of gigs I had, I was thinking to myself, you know, before the pandemic, even I was planning on reeling it in, reeling the gigs in, not going out on the road so much, starting to establish my career at home. And the pandemic pushed that forward and forced me into it faster. But I was so relieved and happy and content and impressed with how well things went for me. I was very grateful and blessed. And I just appreciate where it brought me. You work really hard. So nothing's handed to you. You work really hard. You're incredibly creative. But 
I think, you know, one of the habits of being an independent contractor and also being a sex worker is you feel this constant pressure of, I would always say we have a shelf life, right? So, you know, you have a, you have amount of years to do this. And so you're trying to hustle and you're trying to make as much money as you can, because again, you don't know what's out there in the world for you after. And so I can look back now because I saved all of my planners when I was in the business and they helped me write my first book. They also helped me kind of go back in time and do things. And I realized that it becomes a habit sometimes as an independent contractor and not knowing when work could dry up or something could happen. Remember, I was on the road during 9-11. We didn't have feature bookings for like six months after that. Everything was just canceled. And I think that was really a trigger for me. And I started to, if I didn't have a full schedule, I almost was a little bit panicked. And I think it was really good for us to have the brakes slammed on us to remind us that we don't have to live in panic. Absolutely. I feel the same. And I do save my planners. Everything you just said is so on point and true. I I remember some of the advice that you gave me when we first met, I still would take with me. And I tell other girls, I'd be like, you can't put your merch in your fucking checked bag. (laughs) We'll go missing. That's so funny. So let's go back to that. You remember when we first met and I was giving, I always gave everybody feature tips. Do you remember any other feature tips I gave you? Oh man, there's got, there's, they're probably so ingrained to my routine, but they definitely came from you because nobody else really hands out advice in a genuine manner. I appreciate that. I remember one of them was the fridge. When I learned that all hotels had a mini fridge because of diabetics and people who needed medicine, I was like, oh my God, I'm getting a mini fridge. And then you go to the grocery store, which is in a small town, you trip out on how cheap three bags of groceries are. And you're not ordering room service. You're not dealing with takeout. You're eating healthier food. But the fridge hack was a game changer. Total game changer. In fact, my first roadie that came on the road with me, Alex, was a former nurse. So he actually knew that as well. And he was, we were always like, okay, who's the diabetic this time? <laughs> who's going to be the diabetic? <laughs> it's so helpful though. You have all the snacks yeah. you need at whatever time you need them. Cause a lot of times on the road, you're in the middle of nowhere and there's a steak and shake 24 hours. This is your food for four days. Enjoy. Okay. So you can go get bananas, yogurts, whatever it is that you're doing or eating. Now you've also always been really forward thinking when it comes to your health, how you eat, how you take care of yourself. What's your current protocol? Are you working out at home? Are you going back to the gym? Well, the yoga studio here um, is up and running. It has been pretty much since last summer. I've gone back and forth. They'll require a ma- they only required a mask in the studio for a few months. And it, I don't think it did anybody any favors. They are back to allowing you to in the studio without it. So that's been fantastic. I feel like my body's really gotten a break from the pole dancing because it's so hard on your body and you don't, you don't really get that. You don't get your joints back. So it's been nice to take care of myself. I think you and I have such strong immune systems from being on the road that like, like, what's going to get to me? I've always had a strong immune system. I think you grew up in sort of more rural area. I think that's good for your immune system too. My main thing in on the road that always I felt saved me was oil of oregano and just dropping that nasty shit right down your throat. I still do it every day. And I think that's one of the things in elderberry. There's a couple things, but I love my apple cider vinegar and oil of oregano routine. Listen, we have rolled around naked in some of the most disgusting places in the United States. I mean, if you've been in a club 
when they're like casting you out and they're getting ready to turn the lights on, I would always be like, please do not let me see this place with the lights on. If you want me to come back here tomorrow, please do not, because it's disgusting. Now, one of the things I always did was I would get a case of rubbing alcohol when I got to a club. I would pay the security guy to wipe down the whole place would smell like a hospital by the time. But the rag would be black from them doing the stage. So I felt like I was resetting the stage for all the house girls. Like I'm like, this is a master reset. The reason I did it is because so many girls were a lot of lotion. Well, also because the stage was dirty, but a lot of girls were a lot of lotion. And when the lights don't show it, you don't see it. And you can very easily fall on your ass on stage. Absolutely. That's a big note. It's a passive aggressive move by other dancers <laughs> to wear lotion. And I do you appreciate that? <laughs> that that security guys are like, okay, well, at the, the last few years, I recall security guys going, all right, we're going to clean the stage for you. We're going to get everybody out. We're going to clean it. I was like, thank you. That is what you should do. I think it also sets the stage to prep for the feature. It gives the crew time to go around and get everybody their ones. Uh, the house girls can pull their dances back to where they're going. So they're not right up at the stage, but it, it's a great protocol to be in. And once you look at that rag, that's why our immune system is so good. We have lived in airports, strip clubs, and really random places in the occasional shoot location where you show up and you're like, this is the last place I want to have sex. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The little bottle of alcohol spray that you and I have is a game changer, man. Yes. I love it. I loved exploring the city with you when I came out a few months, <laughs> six months ago, and we just came home to our nice little bottle of rubbing alcohol. Isn't that nice? Yeah, because I want to clean the phone. As soon as we get home, we've been touching stuff all day. We've been touching our phone. Like we've got alcohol off the phone. It's something I've always done. Just keeps your phone nice too. You don't get blurry photos, all that. But I love where your life has gone. And I love that you really took this time to reevaluate. You can also eliminate toxic, toxic relationships because when you when you're on the road as much as you and I were, we went to some shit clubs just because we were trying to keep busy. Once you're on stage and you're with your fans, you're doing the thing, you're fine. But sometimes whether you're in this weird, your dress room is the manager's office, like weird shit that's draining on you and you don't have to do that anymore. Yes. A hundred percent. I love it. I love how we have oh, the clubs I'm going to that they have their own dressing room. It's just all those little things that you feel, you know, I never felt entitled to them, but man, does a girl who's put her life on hold for the weekend deserve her own small space? The only time I liked sharing the manager's office, and I was recently cleaning out my phone and I found these videos. Uh, you've been in offices where they have a wall and the wall is cameras that are in all the lap dance booths. And so what I would do is I would sit there and I would make these videos for my friends and I'd be narrating what I thought was going on in each lap dance booth. And they're hilarious. Like, Oh my gosh, this girl's just talking. Look at the look on the guy's face. Cause you're the guys facing this way. The girl's facing back to camera and there'd be a hundred of these small videos. And if I walked into a manager's office, as bad as it sucked. And I looked over and I saw the video wall for the lap dance rooms. I could watch that shit all day. I was like, I'm fine here. I'm fine here. I don't care. <laughs> you get like, you get like the guy who's like too eager trying to like trying yes. to touch something and then the girl's like or the girl who's wasted and making out with the guy and you're like yep she's going for it okay yep she's going for it <laughs> one time i was on stage this was years ago in orange county and a, a, a dancer stripper fight 
broke out in the side of the <laughs> oh, club. The worst. I remember I remember first of all it was my last show so I'm like dude I get off work early I just had to hop off stage I was in the, I was like well hey guys you know I'll see you at a meet and greet maybe you know <laughs> it's like I'm, <laughs> I'm not going out there. <laughs> and then we watched it back and forth like on a loop from the security I'm- manager office. That was my favorite <laughs> you know manager office with the security camera story was just watching that fight break out on loop i was like this is great (laughs) these are the moments what's was that the worst fight you ever saw at a strip club yeah probably because other fights that had broken out i didn't ever get a full view or i wasn't present for it do you know what i mean going hide in the the dark like i do yeah or it was like in another corner of the club or i heard about or they got me out of the situate uh, you know and out of the room back to safety you know quick enough that I didn't really see it so that was actually probably the only one I've actually seen on a loop I've seen quite a few uh two that were my favorites uh but by the way I only see them in passing and at that time I was traveling with security I would make him lock me in my dress room and him stand at the door <laughs> but the one I saw in South Carolina these girls snapped off their acrylics one at a time to be able to really fight. Snapped <laughs> off their acrylics. And when I and they were doing it in the kitchen. Because you had to walk through the kitchen to get to the dressing room to get to the feature dressing room. And I'm thinking, like, first of all, this is not the strip club I would eat at. There are strip clubs that have good food. I'm not discounting that. I know the dollhouse in Tampa does. There's a lot of steakhouse, AK, but your average strip club. Not the cleanest environment. You see a girl's platform shoes on a counter. There's some tracks of hair over there. This is why I didn't eat food at the strip club. But I remember watching the nails just fly and thinking, oh, this these girls are whack. And I locked myself in the dressing room with the my ear on the door, just waiting here. Then another one, one of my last bookings in 2014, I was at uh, in Providence. And there was a new girl there and she drank too much and she put on another girl's Jordans and started walking out the door. <gasps> Not the J's. She left on a stretcher. Oh my God. I That's how bad it. it was. I heard it going on. I heard other girls got in, getting involved again. I'm locked in my dressing room. And then I hear paramedics and I'm like, well, this really escalated. I got to come out of the dressing room now. So I'm peeking out and looking out and they're putting her on a stretcher. And I'm like, yeah, that you don't don't touch a stripper shit, okay? Do not touch, but I will say this, when I went back to DC a couple of weeks ago to do the charity golf event, I realized how much I miss being around the girls. It was just fun. There's like when you go into strip clubs like we have, there's a lot of similarities, right? Like everybody has the mother hen. Everybody has the girl that's just working all the time that you never see the straight up pup, but she's so nice. You know, that there's little troublemakers of the girl, but they're all together collectively such a ton of fun. It's like a sorority party. It's like a sorority. It's really so much fun. And I've had such great experiences and times getting to bond with groups of my peers. You know what I mean? Just feeling normal and feeling like, family to them, you know? Did you feel that when you decided, Hey, you know, I'm really doing well creating content. I've got this system going. Was there at any point where you felt it was a little bit isolating? Cause that's something I do worry about now that so many of us are working from home too much. Like I'm always making sure I'm cognizant of like, you might be spending a little bit too much alone time and you need to interact. How did you process that? 
Not necessarily because it allowed me to strengthen my own personal relationships so much that I was fulfilled and work became work. And it also gave me a better perspective to stop thinking that every girl that I have a business association with, that she was a genuine friend. They're not. (laughs) They're not at all. They don't give a fuck about you. In fact, they're going to keep you with some passive aggressive digs at some point eventually. There's maybe two that I can think of. Me and you. You you and maybe, I don't know, I hope maybe at one point another... I feel don't like worry. I could you I don't know if you will. I'm sorry. Like because I, I only know, have I you. Know. <laughs> I know. I think of you I'm like eh, everyone else. I like- mean, I have some, but you know, like I'm very lucky. Like, you know, Christy Canyon is a woman that I absolutely love and adore. I know you do as well. But I met her when I was 18 and she was a feature at Al's Diamond Cabaret, and I was a house girl named Sunshine. So the fact that I yes. still get to be friends with her, um, but also she's a woman that does nothing passive aggressive. She is just so kind. She's so chill. So she kind of made it hard for me because meeting her and getting to know her and how kind she was to me each time she came back, it was a big blow that other people weren't like her. So it's, it's a very competitive world, right? It's a very competitive business and you don't know sometimes what took place. Somebody comes at you and you're like, man, the last time I saw you, I thought we were cool. One hundred percent. And you know, like some people that have gotten to know like yourself are um have a like long standing reputation with everyone you interact with that when you give advice it's genuine and it works and there's nothing behind it. And people that I know that I see every so often a year or so that we have no bad blood, we're not around each other enough to get to for me to deceive that side to them. But also, Lisa, one of the things that helps me personally, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to turn. I'm not going to hit them back with passive aggressive shit. I'm going to be genuine style. If you hurt me, I'm just going to tell you and stay away from you. Yeah, I know that like, um, it's nice to see girls that you just haven't even gotten that far to know. So I've kind of set more boundaries with girls that I work with instead of feeling isolating. So that's how I've processed That's one of the reasons why I really liked Exoticas because you got to see people that you had this like on surface relationship, but you enjoyed, maybe you see them three times a year. Like I never get to see Lexi Bell. I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, I should reach out to her. I never get to talk to her. I should reach out to her. And I realized I loved seeing Lexi Bell at Exotica. We would catch up. We would have this dynamic, fun exchange and we totally move on with our lives. And so that was where we got to go to like, I, I thought like Exoticas were like, porno summer camp. Absolutely. You're right. I love, love, love that about conventions. It was one of my favorite things. Miami's 2019. I hung out with Brittany Amber. And when Jaden James and I had our podcast together, Jaden got a little crazy in the beginning of the episode. It was funny. It was entertaining, (laughs) but it made Brittany, I could tell like it was just went in a direction that it shouldn't have gone. And so Brittany, I, she's never changed. At least what I've seen, she's always been exactly who she is, that sweetheart self. Um, and Sarah Jane's we another one. She's never going to change. She's amazing. She's so yes. fucking cool. But she doesn't fuck with people. She's not getting close with a bunch of people to get into weird situations. She is a boss woman who knows her limits and she's just in the neutral zone. She's like that kid in high school that was never in a clique that got along with everybody, but you kind of, she, she, she didn't let you in and she does that to protect herself. But when you see her, she's full of love. She's got a great vibe. 
it, it you, you do see it, but you're right. It is amazing Definitely. how things come down later on down the road that you're like, huh, I guess we had a falling out. You know, yeah. And I, I got an opportunity to even bring that up to Brittany Amber as we were just chilling, smoking a joint after exotic. I was like, you know, that was fucked up. And I'm sorry that you had to be the one to be there in that moment. And she goes, oh, it's fine. I was like, I know. I just want you to know that address that it has weighed on me a little bit, you know? It's so important it to address something. You had a moment to do it, clear the air, get that last little lingering thought of, I wish I would have done better and take that step to do better by communicating about it. And I think, you know, weed has always been a beautiful common ground in the industry where, right. you know, you have, I remember one of the greatest experiences was I was at the East Coast show and Nina Hartley wanted to leave this dinner we were at and our hotel was like right across the street. And she was getting ready to leave. And I was like, it's fucking Nina Hartley. I can't let her walk out in the dark by herself and go across the street. I'm not doing that. And she's like, well, you know, you're not ready to leave. She goes, I was going to go back and smoke a joint. And I'm like, Nina, I'd rather go back to the hotel and smoke a joint with you than stay here and socialize in a work <laughs> environment. Like, come on, we're leaving right now. And we had <laughs> the greatest conversation. And Nina was one of those people like, remember back in the day where we just didn't give a fuck? We'd smoke inside the hotel room. Oh you God! Smoke yes. Cigarettes and hotel. Remember, we didn't even care. We're like, put the oh towel down. Nobody's going to so smell true. it. Just put a put a wet towel by the door. Remember that? Oh God! Yes. Roll it. Roll up the towel. Nobody's going to smell it. You know what I mean? I don't know how we got away with it, but it was great. But it's always been kind of a like a little peace thing, right? We sit down, we talk. It's always been a great common ground. You see the right people outside smoking. Like, we're going to go hang out. We're just going to be yes. all chill. Nobody's aggressive. Normally the people that smoke don't do a lot of drinking. So there's no mixed chemical emotions where there's like a fight or something weird happens. Those people are doing something while we're smoking. Absolutely. And I remember that same Miami trip was great. Katie Morgan and I ended up just having a great time and ended up staying an extra day. And we laid out on the beach all day Monday. We figured out a way to make it cheap so that uh, you never want to dip into your work fund. You never no. <laughs> You know, so we're like, you know what, let's, that's, that's a great topic to close on. And something that I brought up in dudes do better, the new episode that dropped today. Do you realize that the porn industry in the United States is estimated to be bringing in $15 billion a year? That is sex workers, only fan stars, all of Netflix is only at 1.4 or 1.1. Viacom was at like 1.1. I'm sorry, 11.4, 11.1. But what I realized was I think people do not understand how many brilliant business people there are in the industry because we're young, because we do what we do. Everyone just assumed we're idiots. But what you just said there was the trigger for this topic is you don't want to dip into your work money. Like your hotel and your flight was paid. You you know, you paid for your own food, but we were serious about that. We didn't want to spend the extra money. I remember getting a router so I didn't have to pay internet every day in hotels and it was cheaper to have the router, like cost effective. What are we doing? Bringing out the business people that are in this business, I think is such a great way to kind of elevate. A guy came at me yesterday on Instagram saying that I'm just a puppet. His post said, Oh, you, everyone's watched you get something stuffed between your legs for years. You're just a puppet. And now you're out here trying to make money. LOL. I wrote back, motherfucker, listen, <laughs> I probably pay more in taxes than you've made in a year than you've made in your lifetime. So go fuck yourself. Like it, it's a real thing to assume that we are not as smart. 
We haven't taken care of our lives. We're not organized. We're entrepreneurs. You're an entrepreneur. You have found a way to make something out of being home that is successful, productive. It keeps you away from dealing with people you don't want to deal with and you're happy. Absolutely, Lisa. And I think it kind of speaks to, I mean, there's a ton of, albeit tragedies happening all the time, but one of the tragedies that I've made time for is the Britney Spears tragedy. And what people are pointing out is that it was so easy to just brush her off as dumb because she was so feminine. And the way that we as a society have always viewed femininity because we are glamorous and we're beautiful and we love girly. I love girly things. I like bright colors. I like makeup. And that is associated with just not being intelligent or independent in any way, not being good with your money. You know, you just think you're just some dumb sugar daddy that has or sugar baby that has everything paid for like a puppet. But in reality, that ain't shit. That ain't what's going on. Look where you're recording from right now. Do you think he has a view like that? (laughs) (laughs) When people slam me, I'm like, yo, bro, like, yo, but you know what? My girlfriend, Tina, who you've met, you've met most of my friends in my, in my personal life. Um, she always reminds me of how hard I've worked. She always talks about you and how, how dedicated we are and how we've created something out of nothing. And that like, sometimes I'll say something and she'll always be the first to say, you deserve it. You've worked really hard. You've saved your money. You haven't been out doing stupid shit. Like you deserve this. And so we have to remind each other that we deserve it. And I have to remind the rest of the world how strong, independent, and intelligent the world of sex workers can be um, because maybe it would make them engage in a different way. You know, maybe it would make them understand that. And also, let's say a teenager comes to their parents. I just watched this great video the other day. This girl, her sister recorded it for TikTok. This girl wanted to finally tell her parents that she was stripping. So she did it for them in this like cute little video series on TikTok. And her parents were so, they were kind of, you know, blindsided. But at the same time, her mom asked her all the right questions. Are you happy? Do you feel this is something that's going to help you set up your life? Like her mom asked all the right questions. And I hope that by us having these conversations, me bringing on more of our friends and people in the industry and from different walks of life, we can kind of change the tone for the next generation of people behind us so they don't have to be this backboard for bullshit. Absolutely. Well put. So we've got some important dates for you. October 9th is Jaden Cole's birthday. And I do know that she has a wish list uh, because you have more space than I do. I can't do the wish list anymore as a minimalist in an apartment. You've got more space. So she has a wish list. You buy her gifts. It makes her happy. It makes you happy to make her happy. So do that. October 22nd, she will be at Sapphire in New York City. How many shows will you be doing? Just one at midnight, Sapphire 39 in Midtown. I will be there visiting you. And then the following weekend, out to our favorite spot in Long Island, Gossip. There's that great Whole Foods you took me to last time we were there together, remember? Oh, yes. That grocery store? We ate outside there. Yes, it's near Garden City. I know that that's sort of like the main point in Long Island that you can connect it to. And you're there Friday the 29th and Saturday the 30th. Yeah, right. I'm so excited. It's such a big, beautiful stage, Lisa, oh, you and know? the light in the bar. It's such a beautiful spot. It's so well run, and the girls are spectacular. Everything about it, and the guys, like in Long Island with the iron jeans, like they always look so nice when they come into the club. Uh, it's always just beautiful in there, right? 
Yeah, there's a dress code. So come dress to the nines, dress like you're going to like the best nightclub for in, you know, wherever, Las Vegas or something like that. But I just remember the first time I was there sitting up there and then the one of the badass dancers was putting on her show. And I just remember all the Guido heads, like all the fucking <laughs> like they love her. Like Jersey Shore heads turning and seeing just a sea of them in their nicest, like, you know, going out gear. And I just smell love that. good. So, they look good. Your Instagram yeah. is grateful red tour. Your store is grateful red tour.com. What else you got? Your Twitter is oh, still man. Jade and Cole. Twitter still Jaden Cole. I'm having some fun on TikTok. I'm building that up. That's just at Miss Jaden Cole. I'm having fun with that. But then, yeah, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, what else is there? What else is there to life? Only fans, there of course. That's Jaden fans. Jaden fans, right there. Follow her on all platforms. She's a dear friend of mine. It just so happens we cross paths in the business, and I'm so glad that we did because I know that our friendship is going to be a lifetime friendship. Thank you for making up this episode because of my failure. Oh, please. That is not your failure. We're, there's only so much we can do, Lisa. <laughs> I know. What a great conversation, as it always is when I get to spend time with Jaden Cole. She's one of my favorites. Follow her, support her, see her when she's in her travels. I'll make sure I go to see her when she's here. But I'm going to throw you a curveball today. No mailbag. Oh, the mailbag is a delightful treat. And the mailbag, I just did sort a ton of emails and was burned out from the mailbag. And I came up with this idea. There's times that I want to share things with you and I don't get asked the questions. So this is going to be a very simple segment. It's called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a breakdown of my experiences, things that maybe you know about me and maybe you don't. But growing up, we only used the automobile portion of this exercise. My very first flight was a one-way ticket to California on the 4th of July because I was claiming my independence. It was at the time where your friends could still sit at the gate with you and wait for you to take off and like wave to you the whole time you walked down uh, the little the little runway there to get to the plane. My friend Sledge took me. I had bought a one-way ticket because I committed to the fact that my next flights from California would be round trip. I would always be going back there because that was going to be my new life. Like I visualized that. I'm like, I'm only going to buy the one way. Then I'm going to find my way out there. And then it's going to be back and forth, back and forth. So my very first flight. And I remember getting on that flight. And walking by first class, remember in the 90s, it was all men in first class. There really weren't that many women yet in first class. And I remember thinking like, I hope one day when I'm traveling, I get to sit up in first class. It was just one of those things. You walk by what it looks like. It's so mysterious. It was my first flight. And as I watched the years go by and as I watched things change, that no longer was the case. Now, sometimes it's all women up in first class. It's just very different. We've come a huge way in these past 30 years, and I've got to watch it all kind of evolve. And I've watched it, and I sat back as a newbie being on a plane and loving the airport. And then as I traveled around the world, and I got to go on all these different feature dance gigs in the U.S. and do all of these different things, I got to see so many airports. And I know that doesn't sound exciting, but as a girl who did not fly for her entire young life, 
all of those airports were pretty exciting. That was pretty fucking awesome. I loved it every single time. Of course, internationally, the airports are just like amazing. The new airport in Istanbul, Turkey is unbelievable. Uh, I remember Sydney's airport is incredible. Like just so many great airports, but now flying is just a normal thing. And now I've flown so much, but my very first flight was a one-way ticket by myself to California. I wasn't scared at all to fly. Um, I was excited to go where I was more excited to go where I was going than to think about any risk involved in going or being on a plane or being afraid. Uh, and I grew up in a generation where a lot of our parents and grandparents were afraid to fly. And I didn't really understand it until welcome to the internet. And I did a lot of research when the internet came about. I was like, oh, you can read everything. And there were a lot of flights that went down years before I started traveling. So I could understand other generations being afraid. I was not afraid. I was so excited. And I'll still remember what it felt like that very first time I landed at LAX. And I was right. From that point forward, my flights were round trip from California. Now we'll get to trains because as an adult, I absolutely love traveling by train. I traveled by train a little bit with my grandparents when I was younger, but not with my parents ever. I never stayed in a hotel room with my parents. We were never anywhere uh, away from home that way. We had a motorhome, so we'd stay in the motorhome. We would do a Jersey trip where my whole family rented the whole hotel. So it wasn't really like we're staying in a hotel with other guests in the hallway. It was a, it was an outdoor hotel and grandmother bring her pots and pans. And it was just like living it. It was just like being in Easton, Pennsylvania, but we all went to Seaside Heights. So that didn't count. I don't count that as a hotel, but trains. Uh, when I moved to California and I wanted to really explore, the train was a great way for me to explore without having to fight traffic, without having to feel like, okay, I'm driving uh, by myself. Where am I going to go? And if you're in California and you want to see San Diego from Los Angeles, I advise you take the train and you plan the train from LA to San Diego around the time of sunset. That trip is so beautiful because halfway down to San Diego, around Camp Pendleton, maybe a little before that, maybe past Long Beach, the train is actually parallel with the water and you get to watch the water and you get to see the sunset. It is absolutely breathtaking. So I advise any of you who like to take trains and you're going to California and you're doing extended trip, do the train ride, California, LA to San Diego around. It's such a pretty trip. So I just took a train recently to DC. I don't know. There's just something so soothing about being on the train. It's an easy way to travel. Your bags are right with you. You just put them up top. Uh, you're looking out the window. It's so relaxing. So last but not least is automobiles. Did you know that my first two years out on the road as a feature dancer, I was not popular enough yet to get flights. So what you would get is a travel allowance and you could either use that allowance and put it towards a flight or you could drive. And most of the girls told me like, it's, you can drive and then you get to take a friend with you. You know, you and your friend drive together and you're not alone. So my first two years on the road, I drove cross country on the road. And it was such a cool way to see the U.S. because I saw it a lot with my grandparents in their motorhome delivering greeting cards over the summers when I was off from school as a young girl. But doing it on your own and stopping at little like random uh, little shops on the street, like off the freeway that are selling like pecan pies or like people are making meat and some fire pit. Like you just see a lot of random stuff. And at that age, I was so ready to explore and enjoy it all 
And then across the pond, when I went to Italy, I did 2,300 miles in Italy by car and about 500 miles by train. So my, my gigs were all over. And so I was traveling and they had a driver for me who only spoke Italian, spoke a tiny bit of English, but seeing Italy in a car was really incredible. Being in the middle of the country and just, just seeing so much beautiful landscape, everything was so picturesque. And it was a beautiful way to see more than if you just took the train, you know, from Rome to Milan or you flew. It was breathtaking. I absolutely loved it. So there you go. Uh, we, we, we cleansed ourselves without a mailbag for this week. We had my girlfriend, Jaden Cole, on the episode. I wanted to share that conversation with you before, but the video feed didn't work. And I knew you would want to see her video feed because she's a stunner. And she's very easy on the eyes. And I did not want to leave you out of that part of the exercise. And I just wanted to do something a little bit different. And I thought every once in a while, I might think about things that you don't know about me and that I want to share. And so somehow this week, planes, trains, and automobiles came to me. And there you have it. I thank you all for listening. Don't forget, if you have a mailbag question that could be something that you want to know about me, other than dating me or being wild with me, uh, send it to asklisaann at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow all of my social media profiles at The Real Lisa Ann. Book number one, The Life, is still available. You can get it at thelifelisaann.com. That's autographed by me. Or you can get it through Amazon. You can also get the audio version and the digital version through Amazon as well. Again, the book is called The Life. Get it now. My second book is coming out December of 2021, and I cannot wait. So another episode in the books. I thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your day. And thank you for listening to The Lisa Ann Experience. 